Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's February 21st, 1931, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. As Pan Am pilot Byron Ricard landed his Ford Trimotor two-person aeroplane on an airstrip in Arequipa in the mountains of southern Peru on this day in 1931, he was immediately surrounded by an army of revolutionary soldiers who apparently quite politely uh, explained to him that he would henceforth be required to fly as they demanded, thus beginning the first ever recorded plane hijacking. Oh, I mean, considering what a terrifying thing it must be to be the victim of a hijacking... How awful that my first reaction is one of disappointment that the plane wasn't in midair at the time. <laughs> yes, I know that didn't happen until much later. It's a historic moment. Don't do a, don't do an on the ground hijacking. It's yeah, disappointing. I've got one you might like actually. It's not technically a hijacking for reasons that will become <laughs> obvious. But the first mid-air attack was earlier than this. It was 1928 when an 18-year-old called Clarence Frechette attacked a pilot called Harry W. Anderson, who he had commissioned to fly him over Michigan. He started attacking him with a hammer for unclear reasons. However, he didn't ever take the controls and Anderson revived in time miraculously to crash land the plane and neither of them were killed. So it's not a true hijacking. And actually, Frechette, after he got out of prison for this attack, would later be stopped by police with his boss's body in the boot of his car. So I feel like this was probably just a murderer who happened to be in midair rather than a hijacker yes so there do need to be kind of political motivations generally for it to count as a hijacking and this one certainly had those Yes, and the particular political motivation that was going on at the time is that Peru was in the midst of this period of turmoil where some areas of the country were being controlled by rebels, others by the government, and planes were regularly being used to drop pro-government propaganda on the rebel-held territories in Peru. But their size, the, the size of the planes, I mean, meant that they had to refuel often, which was what led Ricard to uh, bring his plane down in this rebel-held area at the time he was refueling. And just to be clear, in case you missed it what led him to peru was doing propaganda for the peruvian government right so there's a a revolution going on or a revolutionary organization assembling to revolt against the military junta and this is often portrayed like still if you go on the website of guinness world records of this being the first hijack this is portrayed as like oh ricard suddenly found himself being told he was being part of a revolutionary (laughs) organization it's like yeah but he was already politically involved because he'd already taken the gig he was a pan am pilot who'd taken some money from peru to drop leaflets and all that happened is when he landed opportunistically the revolutionary organisation in the area were like, no, 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 mate, you're going to drop our leaflets now. He was doing it anyway. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. though, if he was a mail pilot, if the mail that was being sent happened to be propaganda posters and the sender said, look, can you deliver it to all over Lima? He was just doing his job as a mail pilot. And he was relatively heroic in his response, at least. You know, I, 
I, if I were some sort of regular everyday male pilot out there dropping propaganda leaflets on behalf You'd of the Peruvian government, flip on a coin, wouldn't you? I would flip in five seconds. Yes, flat. people with guns, I'll drop your propaganda for I you. I will tell the people whatever you want me to tell them. But Ricard flat out refused, which led to this ten day standoff. At the end of which, the soldiers pretty much, well, at this point, the the revolution had been successful, and they said, uh, "You're free to go, with one condition, which is that you give one of us a lift to Lima." Well, this is the thing I think that's a sort of um, logical problem with this era of hijacking is for the pilot in any hijack to take you seriously and and take you to the destination you want rather than the one that they want. They have to believe that you really might kill them if mm. you don't. And of course, if you do kill them, you can't fly the plane. That was actually the discovery of one of the very next hijacks, which took place in September 1932, when a Sikorsky S-38 was seized in Brazil by three men who took a fourth as a hostage. And they had no uh, flying experience, but they did manage to take off. And I don't know if either of you have played any uh, flight sims, but... You are lulled into the belief that you are a pilot by takeoff. You're like, oh, this is a piece of cake. You just hit the gas and go. But then as soon as it comes to the landing bit, you're like, oh, wait, yeah, no, I'm really not a pilot. And that's unfortunately what these uh, three men discovered where uh, they crashed and they all died at the end of it. This incident doesn't seem to have sparked a massive rush of hijackings. There were some in the 40s and 50s. Most of them were people from Central and Eastern Europe trying to flee communist regimes. Some of them were ex RAF pilots and that kind of thing, you know, in Czechoslovakia and Poland who wanted to come to the West. But they really took off in the 60s. There was an explosion of, mm. well, it's an unfortunate expression. Mm. Uh, but in the 60s, you had obviously commercial aviation was expanding very rapidly. But the other thing was that a lot of these hijackings were taking place between the US and Cuba, mostly people mm. in the US hijacking flights to go to Cuba, uh, but very occasionally the other way around as well. And this kind of became the hotspot of international hijackings. It's so weird, isn't it, that there weren't flights from the US to Cuba and so for a lot of people the option was hijacking and it was in this sort of neat mid period between like access to flights becoming much more available and before they'd actually introduced the sorts of uh, checks that we are all familiar with these days where you know they they check you for knives and guns and explosives before you get on a flight and you'll never guess you got caught up in this second boom of hijacking can i do the big yeah, reveal you yes you can <laughs> only pilot byron rickards of the usa get out. <laughs> 30 years after his first hijacking, he then got hijacked again in 1960 when flying <laughs> for Continental Airlines. The hijackers wanted him to take them to Cuba, but he convinced them that there was nowhere to land, and so he eventually took them to El Paso, uh, where the FBI arrested them. It was an eight-and-a-half-hour hijack by a father-son team, which was resolved on the plane, apparently, although obviously at the time this was reported patriotically, uh, hmm. by an immigration officer who was on board and punched them to the ground and took their guns. <laughs> Seems like a sensible way of handling it. That's another thing I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's so hard to get into the mindset. If you look at the way that these hijackings in the 60s and 70s were reported, it's like when you're looking at it from our vantage point, like especially like for me, 9-11 was pretty much the first plane hijacking I ever heard about. I was like 10 when that happened. It's so weird to realise that that was the first instant where the planes were hijacked to be used as suicide bombs. Before yes. then, mm. you know, if you read the coverage in the 60s, it's seen as like 
almost like streakers at a football match. I mean, like it's an annoying, (laughs) silly publicity Mm. stunt. You know, it's an inconvenient. And the idea that hijackers with these would would be murderers and that they should be sentenced to life in prison. You know, I think it was actually, it was this 1961 hijacking, the second Ricard's hijacking. I think I read that those two perpetrators of father and son were the first people to go to prison for hijacking a plane. It's also astonishing how late all of the countermeasures that have come to be put in place were put in place. You know, that that planes were flying for decades before they introduced in the 60s and 70s these things like metal detectors and x-ray machines and explosive detection tools. And really from there they spread around the world. But it was as late as like the 70s that most countries had started to introduce these really rudimentary things to stop people bringing weapons onto aeroplanes. But incredibly, Rickards doesn't seem to hold the title of the most hijacked pilot Ethiopian Airlines pilot Lulabate was hijacked three times in four years. He was hijacked in 92, <laughs> wow. 95 and 96. It begins to look like carelessness, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, can we talk about the origins of the word hijack? Mm. Any ideas? <sighs> that it's, that it's a, you're getting jacked in the and it's up high <laughs> yeah go I mean, it's not so it's not any more ridiculous than what i found i mean i was just curious because I, I know that it's like the oed has it as an early 20th century american term which i guess is mm. what i would have expected uh, but doesn't actually explain where it comes from so i did find an amusing interaction in the guardian's notes and queries about 20 years ago in which they invite readers to come in with their own sort of folk etymology uh, one reader mm-hmm. said it came from the prohibition era but justified it thusly Supposedly, a member of one gang would approach the driver of a rival gang's bootlegging truck with a smile and disarming hijack before sticking the muzzle of a gat in the face of the poor unfortunate and relieving him of both truck and its alcoholic cargo. I mean, that is obvious nonsense. Um, I like it, though. But more convincingly to me, uh, a journalist as well had said that they remembered this happening. It was the compound word highway jack rolling from motorway incidents in the US Mm. that became hijacking. Oh. commandeering a car or intervening on a highway someone posited that its origins might be from the french word air, which was used apparently when peasants used to eject aristocrats from their coaches and steal their possessions i mean it's gone <laughs> that was like a sandwich sure. of explanations only the middle one was decent <laughs> they, they did coin the word skyjacking as well which seems to have been pretty commonplace in the 70s which was definitely the golden age of plane hijacking by the way that section on wikipedia you look and it's like oh, a few in the 40s few in the 50s oh quite a few now in the 60s the 70s mm. is just hijacking after hijacking mm. it's crazy that there were any flights that weren't hijacked when you look at it but uh skyjacking hmm. doesn't seem to have caught on i think maybe it's a bit too yeah. uh it's a bit too cute isn't it well i don't know it sounds like a tag on Pornhub. hashtag mile high hashtag skyjack (laughs) tomorrow there is actually a dolly's tea room in rosalind which to be fair is quite a modest way of capitalizing on the success love the show support the show patreon.com slash retrospectors part of the acast creator network planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.